Welcome to Building Blocks, connecting people, places, and policies. Building Blocks is a space for thought-provoking conversations about the current issues, trends, ideas, and big questions facing the affordable housing and community development field in the United States. I'm your host, Laurel Blatchford, president of Enterprise Community Partners. As a proven and powerful nonprofit, Enterprise creates opportunity for low and moderate income people through affordable housing in diverse, thriving communities. Hi, welcome everybody today to Building Blocks, Connecting People, Places, and Policies. I'm really excited to have Patrick Jordan, Vice President of Enterprise Advisors, with me today. Just want to give you a little background and then we're going to launch into a uh, discussion. So Enterprise Advisors is a relatively new member of the Enterprise family. It's a business line that was started in 2012. Uh, And since its creation, Enterprise Advisors has been involved in and worked in over 500 communities with more than 65 million in technical assistance awards since 2010. Primarily focused in its work on public sector clients, so public housing authorities, cities, and states. And historically started out with a lot of HUD funding. We'll hear more about that from Patrick, but this year in particular, they've been able to diversify their work to a whole new range of clients and projects. To learn more about the strategy behind this mission-driven work at such a pivotal moment of growth, I've invited Patrick. And we'll just start off maybe by asking you a bit about the history. You've been here since the beginning. Uh, I guess the fall of 2012 was when you joined Enterprise. Can you tell us about the inception of this team? Sort of what was the thinking behind creating a technical assistance business? What were the opportunities that you and the team at that time saw on the horizon that you wanted to move towards? Thank you, Laurel. It's a, a pleasure to be talking with you about advisors and about how we got started. Prior to 2012, HUD had thought about technical assistance a little bit differently than it had in the past and realized that TA tied to, uh, to a program wasn't the most effective way to support cities and the agency really learned a lot through the neighborhood stabilization program and got great feedback from communities about how technical assistance really helped them stand up a brand new business line so hud hearing that decided let's not have technical assistance work in a silo let's look at creating a program that allows communities to meet their community development needs and to have technical assistance providers support them differently. An enterprise was successful in competing for what was then the first round of community compass funding. And it built on what we were doing through neighborhood stabilization. And I think the organization thought that this was a great time for us to make a more formalized structure and have a part of the organization think about what that would look like on a day-to-day basis and really uh, build some infrastructure around executing that in communities. So Fast forward to 2018, how would you describe what makes advisors different? And I think I'm thinking about that in two ways. One is, let's start a little bit with internal enterprise. As folks know, we go deep in 10 markets. We have what we call boots on the ground. We do a lot of long-term work. You guys have a very different model where you come in for shorter-term engagements and you're working on defined problems. Sometimes I describe it as like a Venn diagram. You're looking at one problem and you actually see a lot of interrelated problems. So I think just talking a little bit about what makes your model different than let's say a market or initiative and how you work with those folks. And then the second question, and I can remind you on this, is how do you differentiate yourself from other providers in this space, particularly around issues of equity, inclusion, and sort of other community-focused concerns? I think that's a great question, maybe a pair of questions. So 
I think the one of the ways in which we view ourselves as advisors as different um, in regards to other organizations that do technical assistance or, or work in our space, in addition to being part of enterprise, which makes us unique, uh, which puts us in a position to bring to bear the different aspects that enterprise has in terms of capital and policy and an expertise across initiatives and place, um, is also the fact that because we are a part of this broader organization, we have a lot more flexibility in terms of us being able to identify work that we really think is going to be valuable and the ability to say no, either because we don't think it's work that's going to have enough of an impact on the field or because we don't think that a jurisdiction is ready to do and make tough decisions that are needed to really make significant progress. We get to put forth our values front and center. It's why equity and inclusion is really important. The way that we operationalize that really grew out of the work that we've done around fair housing and community empowerment. We were lucky enough to be asked by HUD to help develop what was the assessment of fair housing rule and to look at what implementation would look like on the ground with the first few dozen communities that were doing assessments of fair housing. And the really exciting thing about the assessment of fair housing process to us is even though that requirement has been placed on hold, several communities across the country have really taken up that mantle and so that they want to do a great job. They want to further fair housing principles. So we're working with communities like San Francisco and Chicago. Uh, we did the assessment of fair housing in Los Angeles. And it's been really helpful for us to see how the historical context around fair housing, around inequity, around disinvestment in certain communities has led cities in certain cases to where they are right now, and how an understanding of that history and a bringing together of stakeholders can now help really rectify and not just recognize the fact that that history exists, but start to look for solutions that, that can be brought about through the tools that we have now or to identify what new tools do we need in this community to really start to address issues around equity. So let's get a little more concrete, and I think a good way to do that is to talk about an example of work that you've done. So I'm sure you don't want to pick a favorite and offend some of the other people you love working with, but if you could just throw out maybe one of the top two or three examples of engagements you've done, whether it's you or the team in the last few years, that you think really have been particularly memorable and embody that that sort of thing you were just talking about, right? Like that thing that makes our special sauce really special and also where you feel like we've added value and you've been able to see impact. I think while it's tough to pick a favorite, one of the things that I think also gets to your earlier question about why we consider advisors to be unique is that we try to make sure that every engagement we have builds upon the prior engagements. And what we've really focused on for the last year, even though we have separate business lines around housing strategy work and fair housing work, and public housing work and, and socioeconomic development work, we've tried to make a, a deliberate effort at integrating across those lines. We're doing work right now in, in Houston, Texas to help launch their disaster recovery program in response to a kind of long-term recovery from Hurricane Harvey. And that's been a really exciting piece of work for us that builds upon not just the strategy of how you're going to, as a city, leverage that funding as much as possible so that it has three or four or five times the impact of every dollar, but also to think about how fair housing comes into play, how investment in community in a different way comes into play, 
how from a socioeconomic development perspective, we're enabling folks that have otherwise been marginalized in terms of the economy to be participating in what recovery looks like and really looking at opportunities for incubating new businesses, investing in corridors and in communities that haven't received investment before, how the public housing authority is a partner in that, and how long-term recovery recognizes that integrated approaches, having partners at the table, having strong community engagement throughout the process are all prerequisites to having an effective recovery. And who would you say is your client? Like who, when you go to Houston, who are you meeting with? Make it, if you can make it a little more tangible. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear you on the intersecting issues, which is super exciting, but the leaders you're working with are who? So right now in Houston is a, is a good example of a place where we can get into specific kind of partners on the ground. The Housing and Community Development Department for the city of Houston is our primary partner. And we really do look at the work that we're doing as being in partnership. So we often talk about, we don't really have a client per se, we've got partners and we've got funders. So HUD may fund the work that we do in a community, but our partner is often the agency on the ground, the staff that are working within that agency, the residents that live in the communities that they're working with where we are facilitating community engagement. Um, In Houston, the housing director has been a great partner. He becomes our vehicle for trying to understand what the needs are, to build capacity within his staff, to support his ability to articulate to the mayor and the city council how the agency is going to effectuate the priorities and policies of the city. Um, to have a really robust and effective recovery. And how long do you think you guys will be there? So this is obviously a big project. It is. And both from a business perspective, sort of how does that funding, you know, it's that determined it being one, two, or three years, and the recovery I would imagine would take, will take much longer. It will. I I think our perspective is that we want to be there as long as we are an effective partner. We've been in Houston and in Harris County, Texas, since March of this year. We know that we will be there through our current HUD work plan through the end of 2018. Um, We also know that there are needs within the agency. It's an agency that's been growing um, and having 100 times your normal funding amount. This agency's been in existence for 30 years. They have as much funding dedicated to long-term recovery as they've spent in 30 years. Oh. So when you're talking about that type of growth, there's going to be pretty consistent continual need. If we see a good intersection between enterprise advisors and how we can help the city of Houston grow in that way, we want to figure out how, how we would help them and how we would stay. But at the point at which we feel they are ready to run on their own, then we're, we're happy to wish them well, stay in touch as needed, and move on to, to another community. And this is also... An example to me, too, where I know that Michelle Wetton, our market leader in the Gulf, has been involved in work in Houston post-Harvey. There are some potential collaborations with the loan fund. If you can just talk about this, shifting a little bit more to enterprise assets, about where you see plugging the rest of enterprise and or other partners into this work. Hard to predict, I realize you're, you know, sounds like you're sort of at the beginning, but... If you can talk a little bit about that, that would it's, be great. It's a really good question, and it touches a bit upon what you asked earlier about um, what makes enterprise advisors different from others, and, and also why Houston is one of my favorite projects, is because 
Um, we've had both Michelle Wetton, the, the market leader in New Orleans and the Gulf Coast, and Mary McFadden, our VP for, for public policy involved. I think we are unique in a lot of ways in, in even having that type of relationship. Michelle worked with us uh, in New Jersey in recovery from Superstorm Sandy, along with the Department of Community Affairs, which was the state's agency for, for spending the long-term disaster money. And Marion McFadden's expertise, having been uh, involved in the general counsel's office at HUD, um, working for community planning and development, being at the forefront on just about every policy decision in disaster recovery since the inception of the program, going back to, to Manhattan after 9-11, puts us in a position where we bring to bear so much different and kind of cross-cutting expertise when we show up in Houston on a given trip that it really is a place where at the end of the week, when we're done with a particular trip, because we know we're coming and going, where the city says, wow, we think about where we were on Monday, we think about where we are today, and you've helped us answer the dozen questions that we've been wrestling with for the better part of a month. So having that type of feedback really is uplifting for us. It helps us know that we're doing good work and it helps us figure out how do we build upon that in the next place that we're, that we're working and partnering with. So shifting gears, I want to talk a little bit about opportunity zones. We've talked a lot about disaster in prior podcasts, and it's a near and dear to my heart. But I think while that's an important um, opportunity in many places when, you know, natural disasters occur and you can really try to dig into the community development issues and problems, um, we have a slightly different situation with opportunity zones, which is a new program that came about through tax reform last year, and we've done a little bit of uh, discussion on this in prior podcasts as well. But I wanna just highlight this because Advisors has been a key player in the Opportunity Zones response and engagement from Enterprise. So can you just talk a bit about the work you're doing and how you're bringing all the assets we're talking about into that equation for you know both the designation, the kind of coaching and support for local actors and players as they think about opportunity zones and opportunity funds, and then what you see moving forward as a role for you in that whole program. One reason that the opportunity zones work is exciting for us is it really brings to bear what we've been trying to grow in terms of support around economic development in communities. It's something that we started through the National Resource Network uh, in partnership with a couple other organizations working in distressed communities. And the Opportunity Zones work is similar in that jurisdictions now need to think about what their priorities are around economic development, local economic development, and how they want to make sure that they've balanced the change, the positive change they're trying to happen in a community, and making sure that community residents are involved and engaged within that change without going so far as incentivizing or creating an atmosphere in which displacement and gentrification become the real driver. And so looking at how communities can hold up, whether it's a certain project or whether it's the small business incubation, acceleration, or, or transfer and ownership as a way to create community wealth in opportunity zones that have been designated in their, in their cities is a way that we think we can bring real value building upon what we've done in other areas focused on economic development. So lots of synergies. Um, I would just say before I shift to a conversation about the team, you have any other highlights or engagements that you want to mention? Um, I know we've been an active player in the National Resource Network. 
which uh, maybe you could just take a minute to talk about and explain what that is. Sure. So the National Resource Network was a federal initiative created in, in 2013. Enterprise is the, the named leader of a, of a consortium of organizations that also include uh, PFM, the PFM group and HRNA advisors and the Urban Institute and a handful of others, really focused on helping economically challenged communities uh, change their economic trajectory. So communities where there's high unemployment or high population loss or high poverty that really haven't recovered as effectively coming out of the Great Recession. There's a lot of cities that are in uh, in the Rust Belt, um, in the, the center of the country that really haven't recovered in the same way. And we've had some great success, especially in some middle and, and small smaller sized communities, helping to identify through an assessment what is the right catalytic um, or transformative uh, piece of work that we could help them accomplish? Sometimes it is a strategy. Sometimes it's implementing a strategy they already came up with. Sometimes it's as simple as writing a case statement that gets the right type of buy-in for folks to really focus on a disinvested community. So it's been a great tool for us to get beyond the housing and community development work and to really see how the issues that we care about are impacted by what a community does and what its needs are around health, around education, around workforce development, and even things along the lines of city budgeting. Um, they can be a real uh, enabler or they can be a real inhibitor depending on that on whether it's functioning well. So having partners that understand those topics and being able to identify what the right uh, course of action is in a specific community has been a real enlightening piece of work for us. Great. So just going to shift gears again to a conversation about the kind of growing pains, right? We've been talking about the last six years since advisors launched, and there's enormous growth both in terms of the number of people uh, working on this effort and the contracts and the places that you're working in. Can you just talk a little bit about um, what, what are those growing pains like and what are your strategies, particularly as you've stepped into this leadership role in the last few months, what are your strategies for maintaining that growth? You know, growth is good, but we, we want to do it in a thoughtful way. So just tell me a little bit about all that. Sure. So advisors started off, um, before we was even called advisors, it was one person um, working to manage uh, contracts through NSP. Uh, when it was finally enterprise advisors, we had about four people full time. We're now up to closer to 20. And as we've grown from four to 20 over the last six years, what's been really uh, an area that we've had to learn a lot about is we used to be able to uh, do work and communicate. We were all together on a regular basis, um, and we were all aware of everything that was happening within the division. Now we've got enough work. We are enough people working in enough different places that require travel uh, and have folks out of the office that, it, that we've had to really grow into a way of communicating uh, more deliberately, more in writing. When decisions get made, they have to be memorialized in a different way. Um, so how we talk about our mission, how we talk about our principles, how we institutionalize some of our processes has been a real area of focus for us for the past year and where we feel like we've done a lot of growth. And maybe talk a little bit too about the kinds of talent that you've brought into the equation. So I, I see some of these people in the office every day, but adding new talent. You also have a stable of consultants that you work with 
who are not full-time employees but are kind of drawn on for specific areas of expertise, right? So just talk a little about that. And, sure. And, you know, it's a great group of people, lots of amazing experiences and talents, but how, how, do, you, how do you want to cultivate and grow that team? Absolutely, and I think we've got a very diverse team, both in terms of life experience but also in terms of their backgrounds. So we've got folks who are planners. We've got folks who come from academia, who, who taught entrepreneurship at the university level. We've got social workers. We've got lawyers. And we've got folks who have a history of in development. So having that diversity of expertise has been for us a really great way for us to both kind of concentrate as generalists, but also to bring in, as you mentioned, through our cadre of, of consultants and subcontractors to really focus when we need a certain area of subject matter expertise that we've got a trusted partner that we can rely on. Where we've tried to grow over the last year or so is to really bring in folks early in their career at the associate level and help them understand how we work and to infuse and help even in terms of just our team chemistry to really make sure that we're providing opportunities for growth. We operate under a growth mindset and really encourage folks to stretch themselves in the work that we do. We don't do easy. Every engagement that we've got, we're trying to make sure we're solving difficult challenges and that we're trying to have really significant impact in communities. We often, at the end, try and look back and say, what could we have done that we didn't do? And how do we make sure we institutionalize uh, change? And how do we try and make sure we have that be an accomplishment for our next the next community that we're working with. Well, I think that's a great place to end uh, our conversation today. I really appreciate your coming on and talking about all of this. It's great to hear your vision and look forward to checking back in in the future. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Upcoming episodes of Building Blocks will explore a variety of topics in the housing and community development field and conversations with industry professionals, change makers, and enterprise experts. Please send your feedback to buildingblockspodcast at enterprisecommunity.org. Thank you for listening.